It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in hour number two of the program here on Monday morning and room for you at 508-996-0500 or app chat on the WBSM app or open line voicemails on the WBSM app brought to you by South Coast Towing. And uh, you heard mention there of the fire that happened at the Harborside Inn on Block Island over the weekend. And that is a place that, first of all, anytime something like that happens... It just shows you how precarious of a situation it can be that they had to bring, they have to bring fire equipment, fire apparatus, firefighters uh, to the island because it, the, the fire was more than they could handle uh, with what they have on Block Island. So they needed the high-speed ferry. But even that means it's still taking 45 minutes to get stuff over. And when time is of the essence, you know, that can seem like an eternity. That's not even mentioning how, you know, the loading process and everything and the unloading process. So the other part of it too is out of all, I think it was 30 something rooms in there. So you've got, but still you've probably got tons of people who were staying there, working there. It's summertime. They were, I'm sure, booked solid. And so was every other place on Block Island. So those people are all displaced. Those people all, you know, some of those employees are staying there for the summer while they're working. So it's it really creates a situation where it becomes a disaster relief very quickly. And when you go to Block Island, first of all, the, the Harborside Inn is one of the first buildings that you see when you get off the ferry. It's right there across from the ferry. Right next to that is the old Oddfellows Hall where my friend Rick has his ghost tour company. But that harbor side in, in the you know, if you've seen my Facebook photo where I'm wearing my my Panama hat, I got that in the basement of that building in the hat shop. I mean, it's it's that integral to what goes on there, and it's not a spot that'll be an easy rebuild either because it's there. All the buildings are kind of sandwiched together there, but you don't have to go far when you get off the Block Island ferry. To can you turn down the volume, the metro volume? Thanks. Uh, the you don't have to go far to find out about how much fire can devastate that island because I think it was the 1960s, the biggest hotel that was on the island at that time burned to the ground. And they have you know a, a, a park now where it stood and you can go there and you can walk through the park and you can read about the history of it and see just how, how devastating that was. And, and this is probably in a similar vein. So it's it's a tragedy. I'm glad that, you know, it, it, it wasn't as bad as it could be. And everybody will recover from it. They'll, they'll, you know, already yesterday, at least the buildings around it were able to get back into business. We'll see what happens with the, the hotel itself. But you, you walk around and you take a look and you don't want to think about those things. But at the same time, it's in the back of your mind like, wow, 
if this if any of these buildings ever had a fire, I hope that they have enough of a of a firefighting effort on the island to to contain it before it spreads because every building pretty much touches the one next to it. So it's I don't know. I I don't want to get into doom and gloom prophecy or anything, but it's just it's you're just very glad that it tur- it could have turned out a lot worse than it did. 508-996-0500. We were talking in the first hour about uh, I had gone over to Miss Lizzie's Coffee in Fall River, and uh, they were doing a very brisk business. They had, uh, and, you know, the coffee was very good, too. So it's it's not just gimmick. But we were talking about some of the the other plans that Joe Pereira has over there. We were talking about the way that, you know, Fall River could be marketed better. Or, you know... He was somebody who was thinking about marketing Lizzie Borden before there was a bed and breakfast. You know, in the 1970s, he was talking about this. Uh, this is the story that he was telling us yesterday. So I think you've got somebody that gets it and and how Lizzie Borden is an ambassador for the city of Fall River versus someone who is trying to control the Lizzie Borden depiction, likeness, use. So it's a very interesting battle that I think... My gut feeling is that this will all blow over. I don't know how far that Lanzal, the owner of the Lizzie Borden house and U.S. Ghost Adventures, will push it. The fact that he deleted all of his comments, I, again, I don't know for a fact, but I'm looking into that and saying, well, maybe, maybe a lawyer got in his ear and said, hey, that's not a good idea in case you do pursue legal action. So maybe he is. I don't know. But Joe did say, that uh, if that's the route that he wants to go, he will he will fight it because he thinks, you know, he's consulted with lawyers and he thinks that he's done everything within the rights of what he can do. That he is not infringing on their intellectual property. So we'll, we'll see where that shakes out. Uh, also, coming up in the next hour, we'll be joined by Jack Spillane. We'll be turning on the light. We will talk about his column that he had last week in which he basically names the villain in the UMass Dartmouth Star Store debacle as being UMass President Marty Meehan. And we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about what the future is. And maybe maybe by now he's heard something. We haven't heard anything about uh, whether or not the governor plans on stepping in as requested. We certainly have not been told yet whether or not that will be the case. Also, tonight there is a Board of Selectmen meeting in Lakeville. And on the agenda for that meeting is the situation with the canine unit in the police department because the Board of Selectmen, I keep saying Lakeville, it's Freetown. It's Freetown Board of Selectmen. Why? I did that yesterday too. I was thinking Lakeville the whole time. It's Freetown. Freetown Board of Selectmen. They are also the police commissioners. And they have voted to disband the canine unit, which is one dog, canine coda. And they want Sergeant Thomas Long, who is the canine officer, to take that dog as his pet. They retire the dog. He takes the dog as his pet. The dog is the program is funded by grant money. And they're trying to keep that going. And the, the whole thing has become very controversial. Uh, I was trying to get 
all the parties involved to, you know, come on and join us. But it, 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 I wasn't able to secure everybody in time to be able to do it before tonight's meeting. So it's going to be, it's going to have to be something that we, we follow along with. But this is a dog that was purchased with grant funds through the Stanton Foundation's canine unit grant in 2017, trained by the Boston Police Department to be a patrol dog and a narcotics detection dog, recruited by the Semlex SWAT team, and has been funded almost entirely on grants, donations, and fundraising, with the town budget only paying a small amount of funding each year for food, vet bills, and the overtime that sometimes, you know, they have to call Sergeant Long when he's off duty because they need the canine. And that's it. That's that's what the town has paid for. Yet they have voted to eliminate this program. And have now said, well, that dog is not your responsibility, Sergeant Long. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hello, you're on the air. Nope. Once, twice. All right, you're going to have to try again. So whether or not that is generating a lot of, you know, public outcry, I'm not sure. But I'm seeing comments on social media about it. People seem to be in support of Sergeant Long and his position. And I've been talking to some folks involved with it and trying to get as much background on it as I can. But it seems like this is a decision in a town where, and I get it, you know, the the Freetown State Forest is patrolled by state, is under the jurisdiction of state police and environmental police. But it, so you think to yourself, well, if somebody gets lost, we don't need to call in the canine unit to find them because, you know, they're, they're, we have the state canine unit. But it's a big rural town. And you need a dog that is trained in detection. And their argument is, well, we can just call in these other canine units. But that means you've got to wait until they're available as opposed to the guy who is in town. And I think it's probably more short-sighted to only fund one officer. I think that's the, the bigger problem. You should have another one so that if that person is unavailable, there's another officer who can go and, and respond. But I, I don't know. I haven't heard all the arguments on both sides. I've read the information supplied by the retired canine coda Facebook page, and I've had communications with the folks over at that page, but that's really only one side so far. The other part of it, too, is that the collective bargaining agreement of the police union comes into play here. Whether or not they can actually force Sergeant Long to take canine coda. They gave him an agreement to sign that he would take the dog over as, as his pet. And if he doesn't sign it, the selectman would treat that as him refusing to take possession of Coda, 
Should that happen, even with a pending grievance, the town will be free to do as they please with Coda, including selling him to another department or even euthanizing him if they so desired. Now, I'm going to guess that they would not desire to euthanize the dog. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of opportunity to give Coda a great life well before you would euthanize the dog. I think if they couldn't sell him to another department, they would give him to another department. If, if, nobody, if nobody wanted to buy the dog, somebody would take the dog with police training like that. The state police, the sheriff's office, although you know, they're talking about disbanding that canine unit too, but they would, somebody would take it. Another sheriff's office would take it. Somebody's going to take that dog. They're not going to have to euthanize the dog. But it's, it's interesting that that is brought up. It's, just, it's interesting that that is suggested by the folks in favor of this. And in favor of, uh, of, of keeping the funding going. So, again, this is happening tonight in Freetown, not Lakeville. Don't let me keep saying Lakeville. I don't know why I'm confusing the two in my head. I actually was looking to get a comment from the Freetown police, and I, I emailed Lakeville police because I just couldn't shake that out of my head for some reason. It's been a long week. It was a long week. This one's going to be pretty quick. It's going to fly by. But last week, mentally draining for me. But then again, just getting up in the morning is mentally draining for me. I'm going to take a break. If you want to call in 508-996-0500, you can also send us those app chat messages. You can also send us those open line voicemail messages. And, uh, and we will, hopefully, if you leave one and it's clean, we can play it on the air, you can also leave voicemails for us on the open line feature on the app where you tell us your name, where you're from, and why you love WBSM, and we will enter you to win a Seize the Deal certificate. So just for recording, you know, a couple of quick seconds of audio for us, and uh, and we'll use that on the air, but by, by recording that for us, you're going to be entered to win a Seize the Deal gift certificate. So what a great, easy to enter contest. Super easy to do. Uh, you know what? Let's let's take this call before we take the break. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, well, I have a friend's father. He used to be a canine officer, and, and the canine dog used to be an employee of the town. So when they retired the dog, the dog actually got retirement benefits like a, an officer. So wouldn't this dog receive benefits from working like when you retire from the town i'm not sure i mean i guess it would be what's in the collective bargaining agreement of the union and the town so then the officer long would get uh you know funds from the retirement funds from with the dogs in town too because it's been a, an employee for the town you know well, and I think part of it is, you know, they're, they're probably looking at it as other departments have done where they've said, you know, do, do we need this expense when we have regional canine availability? Like so, I just got a text message from somebody who said that New Bedford is, you know, pared down their canine unit for that same reason because you can get outside help from, from the sheriff's office or from state police or other, other, or other law enforcement agencies. Sure. Well, when, you get, when you get released, they still owe you benefits, you know, under their contract. Not if they sell you. 
Yeah. Okay. I also have another question, too, mm-hmm. on a different subject. I have friends that are substitute teachers at the vocational high school in New Bedford, and they get paid by per diem. And they went to uh, an informative meeting you know, about how they're going to start utilizing the substitute teachers this year. And as they get paid by per diem, the school's not paying them to go to work, to go do an information meeting. Is that something the school has the right to do? Yeah, well, if they're not employees, they don't have to pay them to attend a meeting. It wasn't. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a requirement they were, that they went. No, it was required that they go before they start substitute teaching this year from the school. Well, I mean, I don't think that they legally have to pay them, but I would have expected that they would have. Yeah, would have been the right so, thing. Would have been the right thing to do. I guess our school system's not doing the right thing. I just wanted to throw it out there to the listeners. But thank you very much for taking my call. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. And uh, yeah, I mean, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to hang up on you there. But I mean, uh, I, yeah, I. As someone who has worked with a lot of part, uh, not part-time people, but independent contractors, we'll say, and as somebody who has been one myself a lot of the time, you know, I, I was an independent contractor the entire time. Well, I shouldn't say the entire time. Most of the time that I was at the Standard Times. There was a brief period where they had switched me over to being an employee, part-time employee, and then they switched me back because they had to lay off all the part-time employees. But then I was able to stay on by going once again as an independent contractor. And... As such, as an independent contractor, I would have to go there for lots of meetings and everything, and I didn't always charge them for those. You know, I basically charged them if I was in there working a shift on the phones, answering high school coaches' calls, or by the article that I wrote. Um, And if I had a meeting, I had a meeting. I just kind of took that as part of what I had to do. But now as somebody who is in a position where I'm not like that and I see others that are, I'm like, gee, I, I, I hope that you, you know, get paid for that. At least something that like reimburses your gas for coming out. But I don't think like they have a legal responsibility to pay them for it. I'm, but I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not a labor attorney. If one is listening and you want to let us know, 508-996-0500. Right now, though, I've got to take a break. We'll be back in a few more. And welcome back in. Say, you know, you know what's urgent? Well, not urgent because it's, you know, you got to wait till lunchtime. But you want to get yourself some lunch at Alianza Restaurant because they are running their $6 lunch specials. That's right. For $6, you can get their weekly, their weekday rather, quick bite lunch special. It's available from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can get any sandwich with fries except for steak for just 6 bucks. So if you are looking for an affordable lunch, but you also want to have a delicious lunch, that would be the Quick Bite Lunch Special from Alianza, available from 11 to 4, any sandwich except steak with fries for just 6 bucks. And uh, don't forget, too, that they have outdoor dining throughout the, the nice warm months here. And when you dine outdoors, you get half price off your appetizers. So what a deal. Check out Alianza Restaurant. They're located on Cove Street in New Bedford. You can also find them online at AlianzaRestaurant.com. 
go on down there and have some of the delicious Portuguese food that they make there that really you can taste how much love, effort, creativity they put into every dish. You might have had the, you know, you recognize the name of the dish is something that you've had before, but you've never had it like they make it at Alianza. So check them out, Cove Street in New Bedford, or visit them online at AlianzaRestaurant.com. Now it is time to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. Aftershocks continue after a magnitude 5.1 earthquake in Ventura County, California. This man says it jolted him awake. I was sleeping and then it woke me up. Uh, I was sleeping in bed, shook, and then the whole house shook. The initial earthquake hit at 2.45 Sunday afternoon and was centered four miles southeast off of Ojai. The several aftershocks hit in the following minutes, ranging from magnitudes 2.8 and 3.6. At least five more aftershocks were reported between 9.48 and 10.30 p.m. There have been at least 17 aftershocks in all. There are no reports of major damage. A Kansas police chief who oversaw a controversial raid on a newspaper office alleged a reporter had impersonated the victim or lied when accusing when accessing the driving records of a local business owner. The allegations are laid out in court documents related to the August 11th raid of the Marion County record that saw officers seize computers, personal cell phones, and other equipment. The search warrant, later withdrawn by the county attorney, said police were looking for info about how the paper obtained the drunk driving records of a local business owner. The governor of Hawaii says they are trying to, quote, make life livable for survivors of the Maui wildfires. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation, Josh Green said a priority is making sure everyone's sheltered. Green said more than a thousand people are still unaccounted for, and he painted a grim picture of the recovery effort. He said 85 percent of the land has been recovered, but searching buildings could take weeks. The Carter family is continuing to spend time side-by-side side with the former president and first lady. Jimmy Carter has been under hospice care at his home in Plains, while his wife, Rosalind, was recently diagnosed with dementia. Grandson Josh Carter recently told People Magazine that it's clear they're in the final chapter. The Carters are the longest married presidential couple at 77 years. And an animal you'd more likely find in Australia was rescued from Coney Island Boardwalk this week. Jonathan O'Halloran reports. The NYPD responded to reports of a person strolling down the boardwalk with a wallaby Friday night. Members of the 60th Precinct arrived and found the exotic animal with its presumed owner. A sight to see for New Yorkers, but wallabies are illegal to own in most states, including New York. The animal was taken to the Animal Care Center of New York City. Its owner received a summons for possession of a wild marisupal. Jonathan O'Halloran, NBC News Radio, New York. In sports, the Boston Red Sox beat the New York Yankees last yesterday, five six to five. Today, the Red Sox will be traveling to Houston at Minute Maid Park for a game against the Astros tonight at eight ten p.m. And now here's your ABC Six local weather forecast. We'll be looking at sunshine mixing with a good deal of clouds through the afternoon. A warm and muggy day today with highs up around eighty six degrees. Can't rule out the possibility of a late day shower or thunderstorm rolling into the area. And then mainly cloudy for tonight as lows drop back down to around 62. Still a little on the muggy side. But on Tuesday, we'll see plenty of sunshine, a little bit breezy, and not quite as humid with high temperatures right around 77. 
Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Bill Guile on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 70 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Tim wants to hear your voice this morning. Even if you can't call in. Open up the WBSM app and hit open line to record a voicemail he can play on the air. Now, more Tim here on WBSM. In 508-996-0500 or you can use the app chat method or the open line voicemail method both on the WBSM app and uh, stay tuned today of course we have uh, all of our great programming after this show uh, well in the next hour we'll have Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light as we'll be turning on the light but then after that it will be Marcus Farrow and Chris McCarthy with South Coast Now and then we have the Bill O'Reilly report each day Barry Richard Get you going in the afternoon. Howie Carr finishes off the afternoon, and then South Coast tonight with Jessica Machado. And we have um, we have a lot of things that we can discuss. But one of the things that I brought up this morning was this meeting that'll be happening tonight in Freetown regarding the future of that of the canine program there for the police department, and. I think that a lot of discussion that will happen around this will be around, you know, is this is this defunding police? Is this defunding a program that has been in place since 2017 and by all accounts has had success? Or is this budget cutting? Is this taking a look at saying, you know, well, do we do we really need this? And I think it's going to be portrayed as, well, this is just giving law enforcement less tools to work with. But I don't, I don't know that the selectmen of Freetown see it that way. They might just look at it as a redundancy, as an extravagancy. I don't know. I mean, they, they had a report of how many calls that canine Coda was called out to. And it seems like they have a good volume of, of, of calls, a good amount of use for having their own canine dog. And again, as, as um, supporters of keeping the dog an active officer have pointed out, it cuts down on the response time. 
And if you've got, say, a missing child, that could make all the difference. You know, the, the, the hour that you're waiting for the canine unit to show up from somewhere else could make all the difference if it's the middle of February and a, and a child has gone wandering off in the woods. And I think that it's a rural enough community where a detection dog like that is is a valuable tool. I don't know that, you know, and again, I don't know how much drug sniffing they have canine coded doing. But I'm sure that's a big part of it, too. I don't know that people would want to have fully funded canine units in every town. But certainly having a dog on a department doesn't seem like an unreasonable ask to me. Again, I would still think you would have, you know, two. Instead of putting the workload all on on one one dog and, and one canine officer. But let me know what you think. 508-996-0500 or app chat or open line voicemails. Uh, when we have Jack Splane coming in in the next hour, we will talk about his column at newbedfordlight.org where he has placed the blame on the Star Store debacle squarely at the feet of UMass President Marty Meehan. And we will talk about Marty Meehan's role in what's going on with UMass pulling out of the Star Store. And I want to get Jack's take on, you know, this this mobilization of especially, you know, Counselor at Large Brian Gomes, who is the first public official to call for one of these meetings with the governor and, and all the stakeholders and uh, Mayor John Mitchell, Senator Mark Montigny, who championed Star Store to be a UMass campus and to continue to get that funding every year and for the state to buy the building. They've all called for the governor to step in and to, to, to at least discuss this, if not stop it from happening. But is, is Marty Meehan, as UMass, Dar- as UMass president, and of course that means in charge of UMass Dartmouth, does that mean, is he more powerful than the governor in this case? They're basically saying we don't want to be there anymore. I think in his email that was sent out a week ago, Chancellor Mark Fuller was just trying to put lipstick on the pig. When he talked about how, well, you know, after all these years, it wasn't in the budget. And it wasn't in the budget because they didn't want it. So we'll we'll talk more with Jack about that. He has uh, some some very interesting thoughts on it that I think you will enjoy hearing. And, of course, we'll talk with him about some other issues as well. Right now, though, I'm going to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Well, if I could walk on water And if I could find some way to prove If I could walk on water Would you believe in me? My love is so true
welcome back in the money man, Eddie Money, the other money man, the original money man, because he came before Manny the Money Man Resendiz, who will join us once a month on Mondays. Uh, we had a great conversation with him last month, last month, last week. Uh, he'll join us again in September as we will talk about your money, but you can still hear Eddie Money anytime and all of his great, great music. And just really what a, what a super guy who loved the South Coast. He loved coming here. There was that one incident that time that he had a concert at, at Durfee High School and he didn't like the sound sound quality of the sound system there. But if, if only Eddie Money had been with us long enough to play at the new Durfee High School, I'm sure he would have appreciated the improvement. But he, uh, he did like coming down here. Uh, he rocked the seaport in and uh, he's just was a super guy. So... And he left behind a legacy of great music. So 508-996-0500. It's still time in the morning. It's only only 7.48 in the morning. Still plenty of time to get out and have yourself breakfast if you haven't had any already. And you can do that by heading on over to Just Another Phoenix Restaurant in Dartmouth because shake yourself out of the same old, same old. You know, what do you have every day? Well, every day I wake up, I have a, a bowl of cornflakes. Or every day I wake up, I make myself uh, two scrambled eggs and uh, some sausage. Well, if you head on over to Just Another Phoenix Restaurant, yeah, you can get all of that. They have everything you would expect to find on a breakfast menu. So you can get your omelets, you can get your pancakes, your French toast. You can get your eggs with your various meats. But they also have creativity in everything that they do. So first of all, even their regular stuff is going to be just a little bit different than what you might find it somewhere else because they want to have their own unique take on it. But they also have unique and creative specials every day. So if you want to have something that you would never thought of having for breakfast, if you want to start your day off on a creative and innovative note, and that will fuel you for the rest of the day. Having something that isn't the same old, same old in the morning will actually help change the way that you view your entire day. Because it, if, if your breakfast isn't routine, then your day won't feel routine. So head on over to Just Another Phoenix and try something different and have yourself an exciting kickoff to your day. You can visit them on Fonz Corner Road in North Dartmouth. You can dine in. You can take out their entire menu. You don't even have to get out of the car. You can pull up to their drive through window and get it that way. It is. It couldn't be more convenient. It couldn't be any easier. It couldn't be any other place than just another Phoenix restaurant on Fawns Corner Road in North Dartmouth. All right, uh, so let's see. I'm taking a look at some of the, eh, the signs that this is not going to be a very good Patriot season. The Isaiah Bolden injury, notwithstanding, I mean, that was a, a, a scary situation. I was at my ghost event, so I didn't get to, to see the actual you know, preseason game, but I'm glad that the NFL decided to call that game off because what's the point? No one should get injured, seriously injured like that in a preseason game. But I don't know that we're seeing a lot of great positive signs from the team, you know, that notwithstanding. Mac Jones got into this game. 
They're really trying to take a hard look at Bailey Zappi here in the preseason. I saw, I forget who, I think it was The Ringer. Yeah, The Ringer. I was reading their analysis of the pass-catching group for, for every NFL team. And I think the Patriots were second to last. So we're even bringing in Juju, even making some of the moves that they did. Oh, it's not looking good. And if they don't have a, a passing attack, they have a better than average running game. The defense has looked pretty good from everything that I heard about Saturday's game. Again, I haven't seen it yet. Maybe the the Patriots could be a middling, mediocre, middle-of-the-road team. But is that what we're looking for here? Is that what we're used to in New England? Something's got to change. But also at the same time, I don't know. And I know that people think I'm crazy for saying this. I actually get more emotionally invested in games with a team like this than I do with a team that dominates. 2007 was fun. I was there for every home game at Gillette Stadium covering it for the, te- for the, for the newspaper. Watched every road game on TV. Live as it happened. It was a lot of fun. But it was also almost a foregone conclusion, most of those games. It didn't have the drama and the intrigue. As watching or listening to a game, like we can on WBSM, and hearing how edge of the seat every game will be. All right, I'm going to take my final break of the hour. We'll be back in a few moments. In the final couple moments of this hour, and then the next hour, we'll be turning on the light with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. But I also want to point you to SeizeTheDeal.com, where we have some great half-price deals available for you right now at SeizeTheDeal.com. Of course, we mentioned last week, $50 to 110 grill for just $25. But we also have a special deal up for you. You can get a $25 gift certificate to Wame. For just twelve fifty. Now you've heard me talk about in the past. We've discussed the the chow mein uh, sandwich versus the chop suey sandwich. Remember, like we said, oh, why do people up in the North Shore go for chop suey sandwiches? You can get both at Wame. You can actually get a sandwich that's a combination of the two at Wame. And it, what's really cool about it is with a twenty five dollar gift certificate that you're only paying twelve fifty for. Why not get one of each? Try them both. See which one you like the best. So I used to get the combo one, and I would put the the white vinegar on it, just as everybody else suggested. Now I still get it; I just don't get the bun. <laughs> that's that's my way of saving on saving on the carbs. But uh, if you want to get one, I would definitely recommend at least getting the mixed one and give it a try and see see which part you like the best. But yeah, the white vinegar does make the difference. Got a big bottle of it. Uh, on the cabinet in my office, saved just for that. So anyway, twelve fifty, 
is going to get you $25 to Wame. And you can get out that right now at SeizeTheDeal.com. We also have great deals going on sale later on this week to Panchero's Mexican Grill. Panchero's, sorry. Panchero's Mexican Grill. You can get $10. Uh, 20, sorry, $20 there for 10 bucks, and you can get $50 to the Portside Tavern for just $25. Those go on sale later on this week. But right now, jump on those deals. Get your $50 gift ticket to 110 Grill for 25 bucks and $25 to Wame for just $12.50. All right, so that will do it for this 